through the real shit and I've been there with her through her real shit and we've had uh, phases where we've been present in each other's lives that were prevalent so she's the best person to have this conversation with because we started at a certain point together we went our separate ways we found each other again and it's just amazing to see how far we've come because sometimes you don't get to feel how far you've come but when you see someone you once knew back in the day and mm-hmm. how far they've come you realize like we've come a long way you know yeah definitely you feel like okay we've definitely come a long way so we're going to talk about growing pains the reality of being going from your late teens into your early 20s to mid 20s and you know school from the school atmosphere to the work atmosphere we're going to talk about friendship and we're just going to talk about all of that so we're going to get into it and like Monet how were we how were we back then I feel like we were the shit bro I'm not even gonna care <laughs> no 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 I feel like let's start from the beginning okay <laughs> the right beginning. from the beginning okay <laughs> I feel like both of us started off and it's weird how I can just remember this like so vividly we started mm-hmm. off these, Up a little like, bit. yeah sorry these uh-huh. wide-eyed excited you know, post high school, soon to be varsity students. I remember us just being very forward, very excited, very social mm-hmm. in our first year of varsity. Very keen to make friends. Very, very keen to like be seen. You know, at that age, like attention, and you know what I mean. Like yeah, yeah. having having your girls with you all the time. Being that group that walks into the dining hall, like oh. it is us. We have arrived. <laughs> we are the people. We are so forward. We are the people. Dude, we were so forward. But at the same time, it was a time in our lives where we were still yet to find ourselves, you know, yeah. even mm-hmm. begin to scratch the surface of who mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it slowly went from, oh my gosh, we want to be seen and we want to be heard. And we're so excited to like, yo, we're losing friends. People mm-hmm. are backstabbers. It's like, there's social anxiety there's so Mm -hmm. much happening around us like to insecurities I remember Mm -hmm. how at some point like later in our first year it became like why aren't we cool enough like how come we don't hang out with that squad and how come you know I even forgot (laughs) (laughs) oh oh my god it's so crazy because we started when like you said we were so carefree to the point where we were almost careless yeah we didn't care how we were seen. We didn't care about identity mm. or who we We just lived. Like, we just genuinely, if we wanted to scream in the street, we would scream. I remember we used to dance. Oh, my God. We used to dance in the street when we yeah. were school or when we were walking back. We did whatever we wanted. Like, we were just those people in our first year. And that level of carefreeness to a certain extent for me, that mm. beginning stage I mm. I don't know, but I lost her somewhere along the way. I don't know where she yeah. but yeah. mourn her. Because as much as it was forward and everything, I cared about nothing then. Now I care about everything. And it's suffocating. Mm. It's mm. it's so suffocating. Like we would walk into the because at our university we had like dining halls and everything. So we would walk into the dining hall and we would like strut our stuff, whole lot of click shit. <laughs> yes. You triggered it was so thing. clicky. I don't swear on my previous podcast. <laughs> You're triggered. sorry. No. Sorry for the profanity, guys. <laughs> yeah, this episode is gonna be one of those guys. This is this is dating back back. But we used to walk into the DH and we would be like six of us, I think. It was a lot of us. Yeah, we were like a whole squad. We were like a whole squad. It was just a line of us like strutting in, goat. We even knew the kitchen staff. We knew everything. Yes. yes. And I feel like it, we were infamous in a sense that like people knew us, but like not for the right reasons. It was like, exactly. oh, that squad that's like loud and exactly. everywhere. <laughs> people knew us because we wanted to be known. So we made yes. people know us. So we knew yes. everybody's name. We greeted everybody. We were those people. And that was our first year, though. And then we got to the point that you're talking about, which is a very pivotal point where we then felt insecure because we were not popular. We were just known. 
and then they mm. were popular kids like your Rhodes University was mad they were popular kids like flex on swag on everything do you remember the Sorak boys I'll oh, never forget <laughs> I will never forget like brief Rock background boys. Sorak boys were those guys in the club who always had bottles and everyone knew them yeah. And they were just the fly seniors on campus. <laughs> they were the ones. And my brother also was one of the Ciroc boys. Yes. Two different realities. I'm just there being this leaf in the wind. And he's just there seemingly grounded. You never know. But seemingly grounded. Seemingly yeah. knowing. But they were older, obviously. They were way older than us. But we just wanted that so bad. Attention. Mm is a drug i'm not even gonna lie especially when you're beginning university you don't really know who you are so validation gives you a sense of identity a hundred percent yeah we got to that pivotal point Monet, where we're like why i even have a snap where in my gallery where we were sitting on the stairs you're wearing denim and i was wearing jeans mm-hmm. and cropped up at the time i had camouflage hair and the caption that you wrote we never thought we were cool enough i still have <laughs> have that picture because then we're like in our third year and we were the shit we did <laughs> yeah but do you not think it's it's crazy how you go from like we started out being carefree not really worried it's like a fresh start you know mm-hmm. like you get to decide who you want to be now it's a new environment new friends mm-hmm. and you go in with like this good perception of yourself and then along the way, you start saying, no, but there's people that are cooler than me. There's people yeah. who are smarter than me. There's yeah. things like this. And you start to develop this, like, bad perception of what you are, who you can become. And that's where, like, the insecurity starts to set in, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And I think that's when then me and you bonded in our search for identity. Yes. And we, now we're going to move into a deep topic, guys, the friendship and how toxic and healthy and and just i don't know friendship can be like i think first year we were coasting right and then we hit that point where we were like but who are we and then mm. at the end, we we had so much drama in our clique like that's why i don't do clicks no more like, clicks are just messy oh child let me tell you i agree clicks <laughs> can be very messy and i just haven't dabbled in that in a while right um I think, you know what happened? Like, the end of our first year, we started losing friends and we started seeing, like, not only our true colors, but other people's true Mm. colors. Mm. And then, you know, seeds of jealousy, seeds of envy, seeds of just, you know, just started bubbling up in the squad. And I think the end of our first year is when things just took a weird turn, you know? A really weird turn. And it's funny because the seniors always used to tell us, ah, you guys are besties now in first year, but you won't be besties in your final year. And we used to be like, no, that's a lie. <laughs> We're going to be fine. We are right or dies. Yes. Ever. That's why, like, now when people be asking me, like, why I don't do friends, friends in that image, I'm like, been there, done that. Like, when I even see clicks now, I'm just like, I'm like those third years telling people, like, y'all are not going to laugh because <clears throat> there's too many of you in one group yeah. you can be friends together but if you're friends together who spend time with each other every single day it's impossible and i stand to mm. i have never even seen a click of friends mm. that because you can be friends like five friends but you meet you have like one or two people you're more close to and then you meet maybe for vacations or like for lunch but you don't spend time every moment together you don't have a group chat and try to play besties all the five of you because you can never like five people the same way at the same time it's impossible yeah yeah and i think also when you have a large group of friends and you haven't developed your own sense of identity that's Mm -hmm. also where conflict starts you know exactly because then people come in with their different personalities Mm-hmm. and first year we really didn't know who people were and we didn't know nope. who we were and I don't even think they knew who they were I don't even nope. think they did. but as first year was ending we then had the 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 really envious friend we had the people pleasing friend we had the mother friend who was lived you know like you have yes. you want us to 
to be righteous, but you're not righteous in your own life. Like we had the different things. We had yes. me, the, the attention seeker, but slash with issues, like trying to look perfect, but I'm not perfect. You know what I mean? Yes. We, had, we all assume oh, these roles. Yeah. We, and like, that's when the friendship stayed, but then it was almost fake for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Because I also think now we've developed these roles. And as soon as someone starts acting out of their role, it's like, what are you doing? You're messing with the status quo of the group. Exactly, exactly. And then when that's when then you have two friends talking about one friend or two other mm. friends about one friend. And once it gets to that, yeah. it's clear. And I think there is even healing and growth in the accountability of acknowledging how mm. toxic we were in that moment to True. be quick and we could talk about one person or you and someone could talk about me or me and someone could talk about you or they could talk about us like there was it was just going around we were all doing that there was not specific gossipers or whatever we were just all talking about each other because when you don't have an identity you project so you now attack other people without an identity like does she even know who she is like who does she think like you just project because that's low-key you're deflecting what Mm. is inside of you and that when we gravitated towards each other like people then started uh going into their little friend friendship corners and then me and you that's when we were like you know what we to be honest in my mind i was like you know what we're like the best pair of the whole group so we're just gonna go and be the best we're just gonna go and yeah i i agree with you there was like a huge gossip culture in our yeah, group definitely. and it it became a thing of like who can i trust and who can't i trust yes we exactly. sit together and we we break bread together and we you know we go out together but like can i really trust you and then i yeah. think we just we gravitated mm-hmm. and you don't even know you can trust you come and you tell someone else mm-hmm. about that and then they tell someone else, and you're like i can't trust you but you were not trustworthy when you came out the, going out with someone to talk about them so it yeah. was like a really toxic cycle. And that's when people started doing relationships. Well, you were already in a relationship. So for you, it wasn't a new dynamic. But for some people, that was a whole new dynamic also. So seeing your yeah. friend then entering other dynamics, like when you identify as a clique, it can be so toxic when one person finds something outside of the clique. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how dare you go and be obviously we're not going to say how do you go and be happy but technically we're just saying how do you go and be happy like we're ride or dies we spend time together oh why didn't you chill with us you were busy with your man all night you didn't have time for girls night yes you know why were you yeah. doing this you didn't Ugh, it was crazy it's true like there's a whole possessive thing about it yeah that was just very unhealthy it was very unhealthy but then that's when we getting to our topic that's when we and then we anchored each other and the problem was at that point now I was that's when I started getting triggered and like my own issues personal issues started to arise and Mm. we were now like we got so close like we were each other's anchor like survival like so much so that, like, for me to come up for air, I had to put you underwater. And for you to come up for air, you had to put me underwater. But we were okay with being each other's safety net. Mm. So it's like, okay, you breathe, I drown. You know, get on my back. You breathe, I drown. And then I'm going to breathe, you drown. Fine. Yes. Oh, my word. And there was never a time we were both just great. I remember no. having that conversation. Where it was like, why is it when you're in a good place? I'm in a terrible place. Exactly. I'm in a good place. You're in a terrible Like, it was just weird. It was just so weird because we would, when one of us was coming out for air, one of us was drowning. And when the other one of us was coming out for air, the other one was drowning. And it just became a cycle, a terrible, terrible cycle. And at some point, hey, because I would need an anchor and you'd anchor me. And then sometimes you'd need an anchor and you'd anchor me. And I would anchor you. But then there came a point where we needed to celebrate each other but it became difficult because how can someone who's drowning celebrate someone who's coming up for air? Mm-hmm. So there were times where you were having really great moments in your life and I couldn't be there for you. But I needed you to be there for me. So it was mm-hmm. like, you're like, mercy, be happy for me. And I'm like, no, 
you sit with me through my pain the fuck you know yeah how do you when i'm suffering it's true but i think we also can't ignore like all the external factors that also had a role to play in that yeah yeah. Like you're saying, there was a turning point at the end of our mm-hmm. first year, and then mm-hmm. second year became like real, like real, real, yeah. real. School, academic. you know, school, mm-hmm. like you're saying, academics, the protests, you know, things mm-hmm. that were triggering for you and for so many other people on campus, that that's, just sort of that's when made everything spiral. And the Rhodes University started shutting down, and yes. were things that were happening. So. I think it's also very detrimental and like important to understand that in friendships, people will offer you the version of themselves that their life is allowing them to offer you. Mm. Like it's not always about you. Like there was a time we were both so bad for each other, but the reason why we forgive, we had to forgive ourselves because we weren't even good to ourselves. So yeah. that no mercy or Monet, Monet is short for Chimene guys. So Mercy Omone couldn't give me the best of herself because she was not the best of herself. Is she justified? Mm. No. But is it understandable? Yes. I think that's key. Yeah. And obviously it takes being at a different point in your life to look back and be able to say, okay. Exactly. It takes a whole lot of self-accountability to know that, okay, you can want someone to be there for you in a certain way but if you, you're being a bad friend, if you're not going to assess at which point their life is at to understand if they can offer you what you need, because people cannot yeah. always be there for you in the ways in which you want them to be there for you. And that's just it. That's true. And I think even like looking back at how we dealt with moments where we couldn't be there for each other because we're going through our own shit. Mm-hmm. I don't think we had methods that were entirely wrong. I just mm-hmm. don't think we knew how to go about it the right way. Like, I'm a huge believer in space, about mm-hmm. needing yeah, space to breathe, needing space to deal. Mm-hmm. But I do think there came a point in our friendship where the space was just so loud and it was so abrupt and it was just up and down and just, yeah, yeah you know? Because yeah. there were times where I would need space and you would give it to me, but I wouldn't want so much space. And then in the space, maybe I need space or you need space, but then we see that okay you're giving me space but you're not you 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 have you don't have time for our friendship but you have time for other people Mm -hmm. like how you know yeah was the toxicity within our own friendship that made us gravitate towards other people and not understanding the reality that a person is allowed to be happy i think there was a time when i gravitated we're not going to name names but when i gravitated towards someone else and then that's when you gravitated towards later on towards someone else in a relationship atmosphere and you held my gravitation against me I held yours against you like how dare you go and be happy and abandon me Mm. but people are allowed to find happiness in other people but we were possessive towards each other we felt like we owned each other yeah no, that's a definite, <laughs> definite thing. We felt like we owned each other. And I'm always telling people to a certain point that, like, I feel like you are my soulmate in your own right. Like, there is a way in which you have fed me that no one else could have ever fed me. Like, like you were present in a pivotal stage of my life that even in the pain and the trauma, there was a time where we molded our identities according to each other. And I keep telling people who are best friends, like, be careful not to become in accordance with the person who's in your space yeah definitely there was a point where it was kind of like oh you're hanging out with other people now like why aren't you hanging out with me and I don't know who I am without you and you don't know who you are without me yeah Um, and you have no right to be anything without me exactly I've been there with you and that oh that then comes the topic of holding it against each other. Why? Like, I've been there for you. You owe me friendship. You mm. owe me loyalty to the point where you don't have, like, a friendship was like a relationship. Oh my no, God. it was, it was honestly a roller coaster, an absolute yeah. roller coaster. Like, I even, like, looking back in moments where we had to be there for each other, like, sometimes 
you gave so much to the person that you weren't giving to yourself. Yeah. You know, like you watered this person so they could grow that you were like literally wilting and drying up, which is why I think when our friendship ended, ended like for good, like it felt like a weight was just like, Oh my God. And as much as it was heartbreaking, it was like, yo, it was crazy because when we broke up, even like girl, my family knew you. Your family knew me. And yeah. I couldn't even run away from the reality of having stopped being friends with you because even my mom would ask, like, how's Shimonet? And stuff. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and I don't care. Cause mm-hmm. there was that energy where because we parted, we we parted in so much pain because we got to a point where we were drowning whilst trying to find an idea like we realized i wish i had known what i know now back then like we we were at an identity building stage if we knew if we had the tools we could have maneuvered it differently but we didn't know so Mm. we were just like what is this thing that's happening to us you know and it got so toxic to the point where we just had to like i keep telling people that the person who means the most to you, the person you're closest to can still be bad for you. Yeah, 100%. And even the person you have the most love for is someone you could hate the most at some point in your life. That, and Because became, that line, that line between love and hate is very, very thin. Oh, that line between love and hate, I keep telling, oh my God, I keep saying this. The line, very even the line between admiration and envy is the same line between love and hate. Because mm-hmm. once... Once you love somebody and then they can exist outside your love, you will hate them for that. Because mm. we think that my love is so nurturing, it should be the only home you seek. You know? And I keep telling even my friends that, like, I always build friendships that are so intense, like, so intense to the point where us talking about it now. It sounds like it was a relationship, but we were not dating or in, involved in any way. We were just friends, but we built an intense bond. And a bond that, you know, the line between love and hate, like, if I can love you, why you need other love? And we're not talking like, why you need a boyfriend or anything? No, why do you need friends? Mm. You don't need friends. You have me. Why, are you gonna, why didn't you tell me about this in your life? This happened and you didn't tell me why. But you told this girl how. We felt mm. entitled to each other and it was so suffocating. And I think the point we're trying to drive home before we maneuver out of this is just like friendships when you're growing, friendships are important. Like they're so important. But when you have no identity, friendships can be the end of you. Yep. And you can really cause so much damage to not just the other person, but to yourself as well. Because people think relationships are the only things that can ruin you, but friendships are worse because it knows you like a glove, inside out. Exactly, exactly. They know what makes you feel insecure. They know your insecurities. They, They are there through your ups and your downs. So they really hold a lot of power. Like friends, real true friends hold a lot a lot of power yeah and I think that even speaks to your responsibility as a friend Mm -hmm. Um, I have one of my friends that always talk to about this like as much as you seek a certain type of friendship from someone Mm -hmm. you also have the responsibility to be the type of friend that you want in your life you know you can't seek someone who's supportive and loving and kind and you're not those things so there's a huge responsibility that friends just carry in general you Mm -hmm. know um and yeah, like you're saying, it's it, it's hard when you don't have a self identity and you're just trying to figure out your own demons and your own traumas, and still be this pivotal person in someone's life. It it it's yeah, it's wild, man. And I feel like there's so much detail to the story of ours that would take <laughs> us hours to get into. Exactly, but I think the most beautiful thing is we. I think it was 2017 when we started drifting apart. And no, it was even before then. Like it was before yeah, then. Probably because twenty fifteen we were first year, twenty sixteen we were best friends, second years, and then third year. The end of 
year going third year that's when you started drifting i feel like it was second year when like super 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 close and then there was a period where i think you were like were going through something hectic yeah yeah and you know i think the protest or something happened yeah and then you just like you cut all of us off yeah i cut me it's like everyone i was talking to nobody and i even sought companionship in people who didn't even know me i cut yes and i just went yes place and And it's true and then then I think we sort of were fine again for a little while and then end of 2016 but it wasn't friends at all yeah it wasn't tried to patch things up we really tried but it was gone it was yeah we had so much against each other and we hadn't received closure like I'm not saying you always need closure, but if you want to patch things up, you have to sit with the previous wounds before you address any new chapter. Because just going into a new chapter without addressing the previous wounds is not going to work. Mm. Then and we, then I... We yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I left Rhodes, and we... I think we would talk, like, once in a while, like, hey, girl, how you doing? I'm good, how you doing? And then, I think, 2018... Till twenty twenty one, we had not spoken at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. This is how I remember it. Okay, like twenty sixteen split friendship began like middle of the year. Then like the whole squad started hanging out again. You and I were cool. Mm-hmm. End of twenty sixteen, like like no more. We weren't friends. And I remember tw- the end of twenty sixteen being the year where I shed so much of like you as a friend I had to shed it because I was like you're not like we're not friends anymore and I have to find who I am without this person mm-hmm. so when we came back in 2017 you would also like changed a lot and that's when you moved off campus remember and I think somewhere at the beginning of 2017 we like rekindled our friendship you know we I'd come over you'd cook you had your housewarming yeah things were fine but things weren't fine like things were fine in quotation marks but they mm-hmm. weren't fine and then end of 2017 which was like our third year like that's when we were like done done and dusted like we're like mm-hmm. no um and then I think like you're saying like beginning of 2018 up until last year end of last year mm-hmm. we hadn't spoken for like three years in any way shape or form yeah and then the beauty of life like I have tears coming into my eyes saying this like the beauty of life after all that I reached out and I think I remember having a conversation one day with my mom like you know the only real friend I ever had was Shimane and mom was like I know yeah I know and then I just summoned willpower and i searched for you i searched for you on ig and i followed i requested you and you didn't respond for like three weeks <laughs> and you just left my and i was like she doesn't want to talk to me she probably still hates me or something no. then i think Listen. i said bitch yeah yeah and then you were like oh i don't even go through my request like that at all i don't use ig like like properly properly and then we just reconnected but like organically like slow like we didn't like oh my god oh my god we just like hey like you know when you recognize like an old soul like an old friend like hey hey and Mm. then dead and then it's just like how are you how are you i'm good and then up that closure realizing we've grown and realizing we've both taken accountability and responsibility for the roles we played so there is no pointing fingers Instead, there is, I understand who you were back then. And I understand who you were. And I apologize for who I was. And I apologize for who I was. Mm-hmm. And just the maturity of it all was mind-blowing. Like, yeah. And, and in a way, I feel like the space and the time was necessary. Needed. I remember I was just so angry. For, <laughs> over a year, I was angry. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I was live it like I did not want to see your name <laughs> I did not want to see girl I did not want to see nothing but I feel like in I a way know. that anger is necessary like it is and it needs to be you felt you need to go through exactly yeah. you need to and, go and through that so I also felt a lot of guilt 
because I knew to a large extent how my own issues had come into in between us. And at the same time, I had to forgive myself to be like, okay, I did not invite these issues and I did not have the tools to deal with these issues, but that does not exempt me from what I caused in the friendship to take responsibility whilst still taking accountability. To be like in, in as much as I didn't cause this, I didn't stop this. Exactly. And exactly. We just started talking again. And then it was just like a, a different dynamic. Where, and granted. Mm, yeah. Grounded. So grounded where I admire who you've become. I'm like, oh my God, Monet, is this you? You're so wise. You're so well-spoken. You're just growing into yourself. And I would have never in my wildest dreams in as much as I knew we were both like cool people, like we're okay people, I would have never imagined you today. Like, cause you're like, you're just it. And I keep telling you, you remind me of Janae Aiko, right? I just look at you, I'm like, wow. Ha, listen to this girl. <laughs> Y'all, she, this girl is like, you know, peace in human form. Oh man, That's that touches you. my soul. Um, Yeah, dude, listen, it took me a long time to be okay with Mm -hmm. seeing you evolve as well Mm -hmm. like we were saying like our identity was so enveloped in one another that when we did separate we had to shed parts of ourselves that latched onto each other like literally like a you know like a tick that like you can't (laughs) remove it's literally just having to shed that and then we went like you went through your guilt phase I went through my Mm -hmm. guilt phase my anger phase felt that out and I think it took me like maybe over a year Mm -hmm. to be to reach a point where it's like you know what I forgive this person like wherever she Mm -hmm. is in the world right now I hope she's good I hope she's fine but even at that point I still didn't have I still wasn't emotionally stable enough to see what you were doing on Instagram or on Facebook. You know what I mean? And I think that's a huge reason why I didn't accept your request. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. am I ready to see this person out there in the world and I'm not in their life? And really, exactly. yeah. And I think, and it just, took, I, yeah, yeah. I can definitely understand that. Like seeing you grow without me is like, how dare you? Are you trying to say like I wasn't good for you in a way? Like you're supposed mm. to grow with me by your side. That's friendship. I wanted to be partially responsible for your growth, if I can say that. Like to get to say, no, you know, we've grown to where we are in our lives because we've been there for each other. But then when you see someone just thriving without you, it's like mm. a little yeah. bit- growing okay but thriving like okay then like, ouch like go ahead and live your best life without me like, just can't. you know or even it just makes you look back like you're oh, damn we were supposed to grow up together and like evolve exactly. together exactly. but you know life just wasn't set up that way but like I said at the beginning of this podcast like it's such a full circle moment it is it is and now it's such a mature grounded mm-hmm. friendship we're not uh like attached to each other like chicks or anything like i think we speak like once a week but when we do it's just organic it's fulfilling i leave like if it's a table if it's a metaphor like when i sit with you i leave the table like full like mm. i i was filled up my soul was nourished it's never i never leave empty you know and even if i come carrying what i'm carrying or you come carrying, we know how to communicate enough to accommodate each other's weight. In a healthy way. You know? Yeah, in a much, much healthy way. I can say I'm not okay, and then I don't feel obliged to take it away from you, to be like, you're not okay, let me take it, let me care for you, let me make you okay, you know? And you don't feel obliged. Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to sit with it? Do you want to release it? Or do you want to, you know, we even give each other room to be like, if you want to keep it to yourself, it's okay too. Mm. I don't have to be your release every time. And That's true. It. I feel like this, 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 I'm going to make this a series of its own episodes where I'm talking with Monet because we have so much that we have learned 
in our few years of being on this earth, we really have learned so much. And we are both people who love to read, explore, think mm-hmm. of the box, search, and just question everything and anything. Thank and the beauty in finding a partner. But I have a surprise for people on this. I have a letter. No. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to read the last part. Guys, can I, just, can I just say something? Yes. You know what? I thought I'm a sentimental hoarder. Like, I thought I hoard things and keep <laughs> things. But you take the cake. Like, you're like, you have photos from us from, like, 2015. I'm like, how, Sway? <laughs> Do you have these things? No. And I think you're the only person I've hoarded. Like, the rest of Sure. Girl, let me tell y'all. This girl, when I was going through my first mental breakdown of many <laughs> in 2016... She wrote me a letter when I had given up on our friend. I think I had stayed in my room for a, for a week, right? Not opening the door. Like, I would, if I was going to go outside, I would go outside by myself. And I'll come back and I'll lock the door. And you actually put the, you actually put the letter under my door, I believe. If I remember mm-hmm. what. And I got into my room and I found it there. And she wrote me a letter. And I'm just going to read this part that doesn't involve any personal shit. She was just like giving life advice. And maybe someone who is in their late teens, 18, 19, or early 20s, 20, 21, even someone who's 25, you might need to hear this. <laughs> listen, we grow at different phases. But Monique, I'm going to just read two small snippets. She said, and no, you don't get to say people always give up on me. People don't always give up on other people. Their hearts simply can't take that sort of pain anymore. And that's okay too, because at the end of the day, everyone is trying to protect themselves. How they do it is up to them. I simply think that unconditional love is the, is only in the hearts of mothers and lovers, where you can completely put someone else before yourself. The rest of us just simply try the rest of us just simply try to, and God bless the day we can equally love that heart. And then this is the last part. Friend, you just turned 20. Your life is just starting. Don't end it before it even begins. And at this time, I was really going through the most. You can still do great things. I had a radio, she's like, your radio show, modeling, get good marks, nail those drama practice, fleek all day on campus, be a great mom. Become a role model for many. You don't get to go home to your siblings who look up to you and have nothing to show for your absence. There are people rooting for you. And there are also people who want to see you fail. And boo, you cannot give them that satisfaction. Yo, guys. Oh, my I, word. <laughs> I have held on to this letter for five years, traveling with it to every place I went to. It came with oh me to go what i wrote that to you (laughs) there are even other deep parts but it's just those are personal those like involve our personal our personal stuff girl what you're saying oh where you got this wisdom from a girl guys this letter is not written it's typed okay she's typed oh my goodness i must have really cared about you damn girl i typed you a whole letter (laughs) My goodness. You don't want to know the rest of it. I'm going to send you like screenshots of this letter because you don't remember. But I'm just saying, it's crazy even how I'm mimicking the things I was doing back then now, like the radio show on on there. Now I do a podcast. It's like mm-hmm. we just evolve, don't we, into the best version of who we wanted to be in the first place. I didn't even remember I had a radio. I wanted to have a radio show. And then now I'm seeing this. And yeah, I still dressed up. People think I started dressing up here. Y'all need to understand. I've been... I used to wear high heels every day on campus. Oh, the <laughs> drama. The drama. <laughs> oh, my God, the drama. But in a way, I think it's beautiful because you found, like, your sense of style and your love for fashion and embracing yeah. how your body was changing. And I just mm-hmm. I just think it's it's beautiful. You are coming into your own. Um. Shoo, girl, I feel like that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My body has changed drastically. Oh, no, it has. If you want to share, you must share one of what you looked like in 2015. I don't even you know. know. Like, I really don't know where we can... Uh, girl, uh, girl. 
But if they knew, child, I remember, remember when you had those gray dresses that we used to, that used to look the same. <laughs> yeah, that was cute, though. I feel like, uh, you know, we're cute there. We're cute. And then there's ones that are not too cute. I was like, okay. <laughs> the ones that were wearing our overalls. And then we have the you have me. You know what, people? I'm going to share these pictures on my story soon. Soon. I promise. Soon. But I'm going to share some of these throwbacks that you guys put a face to the name. And then I'm going to share her after pics. You guys are going to be mind blown. Oh my like, goodness. Wow. This is y'all. Give back me a heads up. Please give me a heads up when you do that. <laughs> do you want me to tag you or not? No, don't tag me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But I really did just want to add on to like takeaways from this podcast. Um, like you were saying, like needing this, like giving yourself the space and the time to grow without someone who truly meant the world to you but knowing that you needed to develop your own identity is so important forgiveness is so so important it's the hardest thing to do but it is life-changing it is life-changing and I think it's something accountability taking accountability for the hurt you've caused others and the hurt you've caused yourself is so so important um and I really like when you were mentioning how you were um, in a in your space, you know, when you were still obviously trying to figure out mental health and you know what was happening in your own mind, I think that's such an important like layer to our friendship is mm-hmm. being friends with someone who is going through some sort of mental illness and it and, is. Yes. and how that affects your friendship. Like, there's so many layers to this friendship, guys. You don't understand. Like, and everyone is built to handle I don't even think any of our other friends could have ever stayed friends this long with me that's why I keep telling people like I cannot just be friends with anyone I could potentially suffocate you well not now because now I'm conscious and aware now I know how to take care of myself but I need people who understand me in a certain way and I'm not like a special case no I'm just different I'm built different. I think deeper. I feel deeper. I suffer deeper. I get happy, happier. You know, like I'm an all feeling being and to find a friendship where it's okay with who you are. Like, you know, now, you know, like who I am and how I am and how I feel. And now also maybe having been through certain things you've been through in life, you may understand certain things. Like I get why she felt this way about that. Life is really You know? So I think we're going to do a series. We're just going to talk about so many. We're going to talk about careers. We're going to talk about, <laughs> are you leading the life you want or are you leading the life that's expected of you? We're going to talk about, child. <laughs> you hit a nerve, girl. You hit a ah. nerve. <laughs> we're going to talk about parent wounds. We're going to talk about uh, relationships, but just, you know, just randomly talk about relationships. We're just going to talk about the journey of being two young women of color growing yeah yeah i i am so excited for the series and i i honestly feel like so much healing also comes from having conversations like this because in as much as in as much as we've had we've walked our road we've walked our paths and now Mm -hmm. we've kind of be back in each other's lives to some extent Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of things that happened that affected us in other ways. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I found that I just can't do female besties after having mm-hmm. you as a best friend. Like <laughs> it's so triggering for me. <laughs> Dude, you know what I'm never. saying? <laughs> so I think just... for me too. Like I've never had a best friend after you. <laughs> right. And and it's and it's not to say that there's anything wrong. I just think it's 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 just so it's evident of like how your friendship with someone can impact so many other aspects of mm. your life outside of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, I think it's a beautiful thing to be aware of it and to acknowledge mm-hmm. where it comes from and to heal that wound, you oh, know? Man. I think like this is going to be a perfect series, man. you like the perfect co-host because it's not just talking randomly. We've shared so much together and then we've lived so much alone separately that we now have something tangible to bring to the table and then grow it as we go, you know? Very true. Beautiful. But thank you, Monet. Thank you for being vulnerable with me, strong with me in this moment, carefree with me, sharing joy, peace, and love with me in this space and 
a part of our stories that I'm sure we've never shared so you know beautifully like just sharing it to help someone else but this episode was just about friendships and how important they can be and how toxic they can be and how healing they can be and how time space love forgiveness accountability are essential and how you should really not step into friendships if you don't know who the fuck you is like i cannot stress that point more you can have acquaintances you can have people you hang out with but best friends bond like you can become wound mates it's hurting Uh, yeah a whole trauma bond in a friendship girl girl people don't even know it took us six years to get to where we are today six solid years as old as my son is to get to like minus a year to get to where we are so thank you for joining me today uh please say your farewells to the people well i hope everyone enjoys the rest of their sunday or monday i'm not sure what time it is in other parts of the world when they get to hear this but um yeah um thanks for having me on thanks for allowing me to speak freely and openly and i really just am excited and keen to unpack so many other things that this friendship has taught us and mm-hmm. led us to in our lives and mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm proud of you for doing this and i'm proud of you for thank using you, your mom. stories and your voice to inspire thank and educate you. thank you thank you it's a long way to get here but we're here mom yeah we've arrived <laughs> we've, i don't think we've arrived let's not guess <laughs> okay let's okay my bad <laughs> let's not jump the gun but we've arrived to where we are right now yeah okay we, were, we are proud we celebrate ourselves very much so for where we've come to so um just to close off the podcast disclaimer i am human I have a co-host now, so she's human to understand that we are prone to error. We may say something that may insult someone, sound wrong, or seems incorrect in any way. You must always understand that, you know, these podcasts are based on opinion, not fact. So we're sharing things from our perspective, which can be wrong sometimes. And you need to allow us room for correction. You're free to message me. You're free to chat to me and let me know something that didn't rub you right in the podcast. Leave room for correction. If you loved this episode, screenshot it, share on your on your socials, tag me at goddess. That's G-O-D-D-E-S-S-S underscore triple one. And I'm I'm sorry today's episode aired late. I'm not gonna explain why. She wouldn't go back me out. Adulting. we were adulting so thank you and above all as we leave remember be kind but take no shit see you next sunday bye people Bye. bye everyone